I well, think, yeah, ripping them apart verbally and on the scorecard as well. I, I guess I should go next for, for fraud of the week because mine's actually a golf course as well. It's not really any particular, although this one was rolling hills out here in Arizona, but um, just golf courses in general that check coolers. I, I can't stand that. Like I, I get the the law and um, at least in out in Arizona, I, I don't know what it applies to if it's the Indian reservations or what, but there's no outside alcohol being brought on. And there's actually cooler inspectors at the course that I recently went to. And I just think that's absolutely absurd. Dug underneath of the waters to find the, the adult sodas and, uh, and yeah, try to get us for that. So I just, I think there's way better, uh, time uh or usage other time that they could be doing besides uh cooler checking so well were you breaking the law yes or no are they breaking the law for going through my property yeah probably they don't have a uh, uh so risk uh so win-win or i don't know how i would state that rick but suck off well also <laughs> fraud of the, the courses that have the sign no outside coolers and then don't have water on the course or car curls so 95 degree weather i'm just not supposed to have any liquid steve who's your fraud of the week uh, my fraud of the week <clears throat> is going to be sunny just because this is the last week before like games start really kicking off like preseason and everything. And from here on out, we're going to have to listen to Tua and like all of his hype. And so I'm just frauding sunny in advance because he's going to buy into the Tua hype. He actually sent us a practice video this week. He was like, I'm not buying into these practice videos, but my God, he looks pretty good or something along that line. So I'm just frauding him in advance. And then I'm also gonna fraud kind of piggyback off Tony the heat because today I walked outside at lunch I was starving couldn't wait to hit the calf and as soon as you go outside you just get absolutely pelted with the heat it's brutal it's like the type of heat that like covers your entire body as soon as you walk out the door it's terrible and then third fraud is Kyrie Irving and the Nets mainly Kyrie Irving and KD Maybe Ben Simmons too, but apparently Shams is debunking the whole uh, text message group chat story with, with no substance, but um, I digress. Kyrie Irving's reports coming out that he is no longer a fan of Steve Nash and Sean Marks when it's really contradictory because they had a great coach and he was making moves like not starting DeAndre Jordan and starting, Jer- and starting Jared Allen instead. And Kyrie and KD had a fit. So they then started DeAndre Jordan. Then they pretty much forced Jared Allen out. Now he's an all-star. And apparently now he wants those two guys out when Kenny Axon was pretty much right the whole time. So it's just like every week there's like new stories progressing in the Nets. And uh, this is why you don't let players like Kyrie and KD run the show. So those are my frauds. Dave, I'm going to piggyback off you because my fraud, you kind of like took it almost. One is Rick Buecher coming out with that story on Pat McAfee's show saying basically that Ben Simmons was in a group chat and they're asking him if he's going to play game four with the Celtics, against the Celtics. And basically Ben Simmons like dropped out of the group chat. And then the next day, Shams, well, sorry, uh, Buecher was on, obviously. Uh, the Herd. The Herd. But then Shams went on McAfee today and kind of disputed it, saying that's not true at all. I think my fraud is just Buker just coming out and making up this story if it really isn't a thing. Yeah, but that's the, that's, that's the thing that why I'm kind of pissed. Shams just, just said it with no substance. At least Buker 
you could say he made it up, but at least there's a story behind it. And then McAfee didn't even have the nuts. That's why I was kind of pissed about the whole McAfee interview. Like she, what is he, what is he supposed to on, say? He texted, he texted him to come on the show, and he said, "No, the story's fake." Well, why is it fake? I, I don't well, think he needs there to, there say has to why be something. Why is there need to be All a right, sense, why, though? Yeah, but now why is but now why is Buker wrong? That's what I'm saying. People are gonna take Sham's word. Yeah, I'll take Sham's word. And plus, absolutely, we know Buker is a writer. We know that. And Sham's Buker's like, been doing it for a lot substance. longer too. Yeah, but you said about the substance. Like, if it didn't happen, there's no substance behind it because it didn't happen. Right. I don't think he needs to give a reason why it didn't happen. I mean, I mean there's more detail nice. coming from Buker than there is from Shams. He. He just said it with no substance. And I'm pretty sure – also, I was trying to look this up earlier. I'm pretty sure Shams is buddy-buddy with Simmons. Shams, if you look at it, Shams doesn't really break anything outside of Ben Simmons stuff and Nets stuff. That's and not contracts true don't count because – yeah, That's not true at all. Contracts don't count. He, Dave, he broke every draft pick. He, he had like 17 first-round picks this past draft. No, I'm talking about like actual inside inside information to teams. He doesn't break anything. It either goes yes, through Wendy or Woj. No, yeah, absolutely. Talking it's, about. Him, it's him and Woj that are leading the free agents. No. Are Contracts you don't count. Are you trolling? No, I'm not. I'm not. And there is no substance behind it. And McAfee, it was probably discussed beforehand that I'm, I guarantee you Ben Simmons was somehow behind this, and that's why he texted McAfee. No, I, show. I don't think so. I think so. Ben Simmons doesn't have any money left to pay Shams to do that. (laughs) They're boys. All right, let's get in the crowd. Rick, Rick, you gave him an IOU. One last thing on this. I think the last thing Simmons wants is just to stay in the media right now. I think he just kind of wanted to disappear in the headlines. So if anything, why would he? Well, today that's funny because he actually tweeted, oh, slow day for news with a crying with laughter emoji. emoji." Yeah, because they were talking about him. Yeah, so I think Ben Simmons is loving this. And he didn't say anything yesterday when Buker came out with the story. He said it today and waited for Shams. All right. Before we end the crown, Dave, I'm just going to do another fraud just because it's on the TV right now. I'm going to say me and you just because JT Romuto is on freaking fire. He just hit a, he hit a double earlier, and now he just hit a homer. He's getting really hot. So we're, I'm going to fraud us. But at the time, JT Romuto was not playing up to par, so it made sense to give him a little heat. Um, and and he committed to uh, World Baseball Classic today, which I love. Yeah. All right, let's go into Crown. I'm just going to steal it because I know Tony has been eyeing it up. And Dave, I want to get his opinion on it. But the Surfside Iced Tea Vodka at the Phillies game, that might that is the best Iced Tea Vodka that, that is out there. It's way above Sea Isle. It's above Twisted Tea. It's above – Lover boy, it's above all of the iced tea vodkas. It's just light. It's refreshing. It does the job. It has 4.5% alcohol. It's a great drink. Took the words out of my mouth, my mouth Rick. And I honestly don't think there's any vodka in it. It's, it's so good. You can't even taste the vodka, but then you look at the can and I think it's 4.5%. But yeah, those things were flowing on Sunday for all three of us. Is, it, is, that, is this an East Coast thing? I haven't heard of them. It is, yeah. Stateside's a, a local distillery and they make a a vodka iced tea in a can now. It's like a like a rainbow can almost, but it's, it's absolutely yeah. They could actually be fraud and crown because honestly, they could just be punking us this whole time. There's no alcohol <laughs> in it because I don't taste I don't taste anything. They need to be under. If anyone should have been getting raided yesterday, it should have been stateside because <laughs> I don't think, dude. I think they're just 
they're fooling everyone. There's not there's not any alcohol in those bad boys. And kind of fraud too. I can keep backtracking here. Sorry, but uh, whatever that bar we went to, and they were like fourteen dollars each. Oh, it was um, oh the Madison um, Stowe or oh, I forget what it's called. The oh, old the old McFadden's. It's not even there. Everywhere in the stadium, they were. They were in the um, when I went down to the seat with seats with Megs. They were fourteen a piece as well. So I guess it was just everywhere in Citizens Bank Park. Well, I did not know that, Dave. Uh, send me Venmo. I'll send you some some money. You want mine? <laughs> <laughs> Only on Fridays, Sonny. Only on Fridays. Uh, Dave, let's go to you for your kind of the week. I kind of don't want to do it, but I'd say I'm not going to say it because I don't want to jinx anything yet. But I will say just Philly sports in general and, like, the fan base because Sunday was an all-time day. Like, the Phillies, great atmosphere, even though it was scorching hot. Um, you know, they got the four-game sweep against a division rival. Um, and then, you know, people were obviously hitting Xfinity. People were tailgating just for Eagles practice. And I don't know what the total attendance ended up being, but, like, it had to be, like, twenty or 30,000. Like, the whole lower bowl was pretty packed. Like, there's not many cities that that are able to do that. So I thought that was pretty cool just for a practice. It was good atmosphere. Um, they put on a good display and everything. And uh, it just made me really excited for the season. So just Philly sports in general. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown tweeted like 30K or something at an open practice. Unbelievable. That's why he he dove for that pass from uh, Jalen Hurts. He said he said he usually doesn't dive in practice at all. But he said the energy was just pretty, pretty great inside the link. So also I was thinking about it yesterday. Like we spent the entire well, – I think we might have spent 10, to, 10 hours down in South Philly at the stadium complex – if the Sixers were to move their arena, yes, I know it's not the same season as these other sports, but that's an aspect that you're greatly going to miss out on is everybody down there is loving sports, involved in the team that they're rooting for. They're for the same purpose. They're to have a couple of drinks there to watch their team. If you move the stadium to the city, you're not going to have that. You're going to have so many people that just don't care about sports and the atmosphere is not going to be the same. All right, Tony, who's your crown of the week? So my crown, uh, you said the state sides. Other than that, I'm going to go back-to-back crowns here with our daily bagel and conchi. I got it again on um, Sunday morning before we went down there, and I got my iced coffee again. The cashier turns to me, and she said, would you like a shot of Frangelico or Bailey's in it? And I, she kind of caught me off guard. I was like, no, I got a, got a long day ahead of me. Thank you, though. She's like, okay, well, if you do, just let me know. And just left it at that. So they were wearing the crown for me again this week. Well, getting a little in there, I see. Hopefully, hopefully, give me, give me the rewards card. <laughs> yeah. uh, so your crown. So I, I have, I have one crown, and then I have two that that should be up there as well. All three will be brief. My ultimate crown for the week, though, ESPN Ocho being back. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm not <laughs> a big, you know. I, I follow baseball. I try my best to watch it, but so having some excitement with ESPN Ocho and. Uh, air guitar competition, slippery steps. That was my all time favorite back then. Um, all those competitions being back. I mean, it's just some type of entertainment for me while uh, I just sit here and wait for football. Um, my, my two backups though, Ricky Fowler, somehow, some way <laughs> made it to the FedEx cup playoffs. Shout out to, a, I, I, we give him a shout out every week. Ricky tracker, um, unbelievable statistic guy for this. For this man, but um, somehow he came out. He's he's going to the playoffs. I think it's incredible. Um, and the last thing here, just bringing up from what you guys were, 
your your guys' weekend from going from the Phils to the Eagles practice. So my uh my third or backup crown would have been a Philly sports complex. Like at least out here in Arizona, that's something that you can't do. If you're if you're at the Diamondbacks game, you're going 25, 30 minutes over to Glendale to the Cardinal Stadium. And I know me, I ain't driving. So that's a that's another Uber on top of that, all that money, then to get back. So I just think the 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 closeness of the stadiums is just an all-time great for that city. Yeah. I agree. Sonny, um, back to Ricky. Ricky also, I don't know if you saw today, he parted ways with his caddy, and he's been his caddy since 2009. So Ricky is looking for somebody on the bag for the FedEx, FedEx Cup playoffs. He should bring his son on. How old is he about? he got to be like two now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's incredible. Hopefully, I mean, dude, him making the playoffs isn't going to change a thing. It, Ricky's still going to be Ricky, but I, I, him squeezing that out is, is crazy. But, I mean, a caddy change is a big thing, so – uh, I would be surprised if I see more dialed shots, then maybe that was been the issue since 09. Yeah, maybe that's what he needed. All right. Let's get into the AFC South. A previous podcast we've done the NFC East, the AFC East, the NFC South, and now we're back down below in the AFC South. Um, we'll start with the Texans. They're probably the worst team in football. They lost to Sean Watson, David Johnson, free agency. But really what – they did well. They did a good job in the draft. They added Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU, an offensive lineman for Texas A&M, um, and a wide receiver from Alabama. John Michi actually is going to be out because he has leukemia. And then Christian Harris, a linebacker. I mean, is there anything you guys really want to say about the Texans? I mean, they're plus 3,000 to win the division, which is um, the longest out of any other team. The the only thing I can, I can say for the Texans is to pray. Uh, but <laughs> – I mean, they should do everything in their power. I, I know we talked about it briefly on text earlier. Um, I don't think it's a, a, a possible – I mean, it could be a possible landing spot. That I think they need to do whatever they can to get Jimmy G. Davis Mills is not the guy um, at all. And uh, they have the fourth or fifth hardest schedule. Like, I, it's just it's just not looking good. So, Sony, I couldn't disagree more about Jimmy G. I don't think Jimmy G even makes them a playoff team. So, why risk – the future when your roster as a, as a whole is not playoff ready. I think they're a couple years out. Um, I think just ride Davis Mills. And if he pans out to be a good quarterback and he's cheap, you can go with them. But if not, you have a, a good draft pick and you could build in the draft in the next coming years here. I mean, the next coming year, but I mean, from, from them, they already have the win, the, the lowest over under for wins this season. I mean, how much further down can you go, let alone how long can you wait? All right, so let me ask you this then. If they if they say tomorrow they trade for Jimmy G, what does their win total go up to? It's at four and a half right now. What's it go up to? Seven and a half? Eight? I was I was gonna I was gonna give them I was gonna get say six and a half, seven and right. a half. See, I mean uh, yeah, I, Aaron no, Rodgers isn't even worth that many wins. They they ooh. stink no matter what. Uh, no, I, I was saying five. I said five and it, it goes up, it goes up one extra win. I mean, still bringing him on isn't it's, it's going to be the schedule still. I mean, if you give them an easier schedule, I'm seeing more wins here. But I, their schedule alone, just I don't see it with anybody coming in there with their receiving core, let alone what they've been doing the past couple of years. So Their only chance of winning is if Bobby Boucher shows up at halftime to all the games and comes back <laughs> like it was the Bourbon Bowl. They, have no, they stink. They are settled in for one of those two good quarterbacks next year. This is I'm not even wasting my time on these jokers anymore. I can't wait for them to like somehow win for, win the first week. But let's get in. Let's get into the Jaguars. They're the uh, 
third lowest odds to win a division, obviously. They ha- uh, let's see who they added. They added Zay Jones, the Raiders, Christian Kirk from the Cardinals, Evan Ingram, from the Giants, uh, Darius Williams from the Rams, the cornerback. They did a great job in the draft adding Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, uh, and another linebacker for, from Wyoming. The Jaguars, they're over under a six and a half. They have the 26th hardest schedule in the NFL. This is one of those, just like we were talking about with the Jets, like they obviously have to build on something. I think, can we believe in Trevor Lawrence yet? Is he going to be that guy that makes the step like Herbert did? Or is he just going to be one of those run-of-the-mill guys uh, in the NFL? I mean, we're going to find out. I think they did, the front office did everything they could to get him help. They they hired an offensive-minded, quarterback-friendly head coach in Doug Peterson. They In free agency, they got from the commanders, Brennan Sheriff. They got a couple of receivers in free agency, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, who were very talented. They got Evan Ingram, who was a first-round talent. And they got guys in the draft to help them out as well. So I think it's this year you're really going to see a difference from – you're going to see an improvement for sure from last year, but they still might be a year or two out before they contend in this division. Yeah, I think I think they're definitely a year out. But I like the direction they went. They have to treat this like the organization messed up last year with everything that happened, and it was an absolute circus. So they need to treat – this as if like he's a rookie this year you know teaching the x's and o's because god knows that wasn't going on because his head coach was too busy and kicking kickers and um not not worried about teaching his you know one of the best quarterback prospects since i think andrew luck you know how to win football games and the x's and o's of, of the nfl because he didn't even know the x's the x's and o's of the nfl yeah. so um i i do like like He's going to need a lot of support. Like when you're a young quarterback like that, like you're not lifting an organization. And obviously Jaguars more times than not have been known going into each season as an incompetent franchise. I feel like they took, you know, one giant step forward in the right direction. Now it's obviously behind a lot of other organizations, but I I do like the step that they're taking to help progress. Because at this point, your only goal is just to help Room. Yeah, and they and they Trevor did that, Dave. They did that, right? Like at ETN's back, James Robinson's coming back from an injury, but wide receiver wise, they have a bunch of guys that have been successful in the NFL. Marvin Jones, like, yeah, not incredible, but he's he produced Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. They got LaVisca Chenault still. They're trying to add like Laquan Treadwell to try to see if he has something there and added Evan Ingram. I mean, they're trying to set up for little pieces here and there to actually give him an opportunity to develop and get the ball out of his hands into these playmakers hands. And I, I, th- I think I agree with it, with everything that everybody's been saying and the changes that they made, especially with Doug Peterson and other additions. Um, I think it was for not a, a, a building thing over time. I think it was for an immediate effect. And with that being said, I'm, Although the under is favorited, I think they grab eight wins this year. So that's going to be my prediction, and I would go with the over. I'm right. with you there on Sunday. I, I say seven, eight wins for them, so I would take the over as well. All right, let's get let's get into the Titans real quick. Lost Julio Jones, lost AJ Brown, but they upgrade not upgrade, but they replace with Robert Woods, and they select Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. I remember uh, at the draft, people were concerned with Traylon Burks' like physicality and 
his 40 time, um, looked out of shape. He came into camp uh, looking out of shape. He was actually sick for the beginning of it. But now on Twitter, people are going crazy about his highlights and how he's playing uh, in training camp. Kind of forgot that they drafted Malik Willis. So Ryan Tannehill is still the quarterback. Still going to hand it off to Derrick Henry. Still going to be very good defensive team. I, I don't see them winning this division. I honestly, yeah, I don't see them winning this division at all. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm I think they're going to win the division. You think they are, Dave? I do. I think they're as solid as they come. And I think everyone's getting caught up in the whole A.J. Brown hype, losing Julio Jones, who had a whopping 250 for him last year. Um, and they're getting the beast back, who's going to be in the race this year, as long as he doesn't get hurt again for MVP. Um, he is the most valuable player in football when he plays a full season. So you, you said it right there, when he plays a full season. Um, he had a very significant foot injury last year, and he's a massive, massive human being. So I don't know if I fully trust that with the foot yet. He did come back in the playoffs, and he did have a full offseason to rehab that. But he's, I mean, he's 6'3", 250 pounds. And his last three seasons, dating back to 2018, he had 2018, he had 215 carries. 19, he had 303. 2020, 378 carries. And last year in 10 games, he had 220 carries. So, I mean, he's put a workload on the last four years. So we'll see if his body can sustain that this year. I think I, I, I think they'll have a, a tough time with the over-under on win totals here. Um, yeah, with- they're at nine, Sonny. Nine and a half. Um, I think they'll have a tough time with the over here. They're, they're the end of the season uh, for them. Ed, the the later half of the schedule is is getting tough. Their four divisional games are Texans and Jaguars, two and two. Um, depending on how well, at least from what I said from the Jaguars, I think they at least split that. Um, so we'll see with those. But if they can grab all four there still with the later half of the season, I don't see them getting ten wins. But my question to y'all: Do you think? at all during training camp or during the regular season, just because Ryan Hannah, Ryan Hannah Hill, Ryan Tannehill's uh, last couple of seasons. I mean, they haven't been great. Um, do you think Malik Willis is getting any type of like, are do you, are you thinking they're, they're looking at him as a possibility for the season, not to start, but maybe down the road, if he doesn't pan out this year? I think so. I mean, Tannehill's 34 years old. So they, they drafted Willis for a reason. They think, he can be the the quarterback of the future, whether it's next year, whether it's two years later. I'm not sure how many more years Tannehill is going to be on this team. I'm going to look up his contract right now. So he's only on a one year deal right now. So Tannehill could be gone next year. So if the if the season doesn't go the way, oh no, he's sending a one year extension. So possible out after next year. So I mean, it's a 27 million dollar cap hit. If things don't go well this year, maybe we'll try to trade him and get some value back. But I. I I was kind of hoping they're going to be a sleeper team for Jimmy G, but I don't know how that would work. I don't know That's if Jimmy G is a an upgrade from Tannehill. I do. I I don't know if yeah I I really don't see it. I, I, I mean, agree. They might I make the playoffs with, with Jimmy G, but are they are they winning the Super Bowl with Jimmy G? I don't. No, see they're it. not winning the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah, I did, I I think they're. I, I think Jimmy. I think honestly, like Jimmy G, his best scenario was in in San Francisco. He had yeah. the weapons around him. He had a good offensive line. All he had to do was hit the ball out. Didn't play f- spectacular against the Packers when they beat them in the playoffs. I think Jimmy G will find a landing spot. I don't know if it's here, though, Dave. 
Oh, we know where it'll be. It'll be right over there near y'all in New York. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's not the case because I do not want him uh, in a New York Giants uniform. To our final team, the Colts, lost Carson Wentz, lost Eric Fisher, Xavier Rhodes, Zach Pascal, Marlon Mack. They added Matt Ryan, Yannick Nagauku from the Raiders, Stephon Gilmore, our boy Nick Foles, Phil Lindsay, that's Sonny's, I mean, uh, that's Tony's boy, and Rodney McLeod. Uh, former Eagle. I think that Colts really can do damage this year. They're over under his 10 wins. They have the 26 rated strength of schedule basically tied with um, the Jaguars. I think they can do damage in this division. And I think they can do damage in the playoffs. I get the, I think they get the, the upgrade at quarterback and then every other position that you kind of named plus some of their draft picks as well. I think they're all in this year. I, I I agree with the with the over on the on the win totals as far as the, like death in the season how late they go I can't really tell right now but I think it is going to be somewhere I'm like dang uh, or our coats are the real deal and um, Stephen Gilmore Stephen Gilmore uh, added to the defense as well um, big corner guy and I I love that for them too I think they added another pass rusher I can't remember the name but um, I like their moves in the off season I think it's going to be a good year for them in that division and an easy winner. Gilmore stinks. I'd never, I'm, I would never, I can't remember a team going into a year outside of obviously the Cowboys every year that I'm going to root harder against in my entire life than this Indianapolis team this year. Why? I can't stand Frank Reich. I can't stand Matt Ryan. I can't stand the Colts anymore outside of obviously Leonard because I love them. But I hope they go up in flames this year. Everyone, they, they are treated like this top-notch organization. They've had a new quarterback for the last, like, five years. And somehow every year going into the season, like, they're supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. And Frank Wright's a great coach. Like, why is he a great coach and why is this a great organization? They can't even get the most important position right. And not to mention, they scapegoated Carson Wentz last year, who had a, a really solid year. And they got the year started off on the wrong foot. I think they're like one in four because they had they got beat by COVID and they had injury ridden people like the first four games of the year. And they had a, a absolutely brutal schedule to start out. So um they got off to a late start. Everyone got healthy. I think they ripped off, they went like seven and one. And then obviously they had the two bad losses to end the year. So I'm outside of the Cowboys, I'm gonna root against this team very hard. I remember last year, Dave, on Monday Night Football, I think they were up like maybe two or three scores on the Ravens. Kind of somehow let them back into that game. Lamar had an unbelievable game. Um, and then from there, it kind of like just fell off a little bit. It was very interesting to see. But I, I just think it's funny the the hate you have towards the Colts. I mean, like Jonathan Taylor is like not a guy you really can like hate. Uh, Leonard's a great defensive no, player. Actually- I do like Jonathan Taylor as well. I thought he was going to be good coming out of college. Yeah. So. And like, I think yeah, that he's pretty good. And Michael Pittman, like, he's doing his thing as a wide receiver. He's not going on the tops, acting like Juju and all these other young guys, kind of like talking a big game, et cetera. I don't know. I, I kind of like the Colts. You know, I just like how they play. Um, I'll always like Frank Wright just because he helped, helped us win a Super Bowl here. I can't believe you're uh, kind of hate him. So just playing devil's advocate here. And, and third easiest schedule in the NFL, I just did. Literally, things are being put into their lap right now with that division, let alone how far they can go with the season. So, we'll see. All right. I think we touched on a lot. 
uh, this pod, right? We ran through the AFC South. Um, next week, we'll touch on the NFC North. We'll go hand-in-hand hand with the Vikings, the Lions, who are on hard knocks, the Packers, and who's the final one? Bears. And the Bears. Yeah, exactly. Everyone forgets about them because they're pretty lonely uh, franchise. Can't wait to talk about fields. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take it easy. Sucker punch your jaw. Watch me.